This is Exposing Washington with Walker Wildman, bringing clarity to Washington, D.C. news. We see corruption at every level in Washington, and it's in both parties. Exposing the deception plaguing our nation's capital. Not only what he told every Republican senator, but what he told the press over and over and over again was a simple lie. And helping Christians stay informed about government. Now, of course, this puts a bigger burden on voters to go figure out what's actually going on. Be sure to visit AFR.net or wherever you get your podcast to hear past episodes. This is Exposing Washington with Walker Wildman on American Family Radio. Welcome to Exposing Washington on the American Family Radio Network. Glad to have you with us on the show today. Really not uh, us on the show, it's just me. Glad to have you with me on the show. (laughs) I guess if you count all the listeners out there across the country, then it is collectively, it's us on the show. But nonetheless, glad to have you with us today on American Family Radio. The name of the show is Exposing Washington, and my name is Walker Wildman. I'm your host each week here on the show. As I mentioned, you can always go to AFR.net to listen to the show. Go to AFR.net and click on podcast, and then uh, there you'll see the Exposing Washington podcast page on our website, AFR.net. You can also download the Exposing Washington podcast on your phone or your tablet device, whether you have an Apple or an Android device, just go to your audio store and type in Exposing Washington, and there you can download it and listen live, or you can listen to any past shows at your own convenience. Before I move into some of the topics for today, I wanted to uh, remind you once again of an event that we have coming up. It's an online event, an online special called AFA at Home. And AFA at Home, uh, I'll be the MC. It's about an hour and and 40 minutes, uh, the production is. And we have guests such as Sandy Rios, David Barton, uh, I'm sorry, Tim Barton, David Barton's son, Tim Barton of Wall Builders. We have Star Parker. We have... David and Jason Benham. Uh, we have Dr. Richard Land and and a couple others on the show. So AFA at Home will air on October 8th, on the evening of October 8th. And so we'll get you more information on that. Or if you just want to go look up more information on your own, you can go to afaaction.net. That's afaaction.net and register there and then make sure you go and watch the uh, the town hall that we're going to have, the online town hall, AFA at Home. I'll be the MC or the host and we'll have a uh, good conversation and we'll talk about various topics related to uh, the battle that we're seeing play out across the country. And speaking of the battle playing out across our country, This week, well, really for a long time, the Democrats have been in denial of reality, which is not unusual. But, you know, in Washington, D.C., here's how 
here's how the politics work. Here's how it works in Washington, D.C. Whatever the Democrats are responsible for, they blame on Republicans. Whatever the Democrats mess up, they blame on Republicans. Whatever the Democrats can't do right, they blame Republicans. And so that is the game that they play. And whether it be taking, quote, health care away from Americans, which is actually what the Democrats are trying to do with this government-run health care system, which is a disaster, it leads to poor quality health care, and it also leads to less access to health care. Yes, you heard me right. Government-run health care means less access for Americans. You want to know why? Because the hospitals get flooded, the medical facilities get flooded, the surgery centers get flooded. Why? Because nobody has to pay for it. Well, we pay for it with our tax dollars, but the system gets overrun by many people who really don't need to see a doctor. They don't need surgery, but it's it's paid for by the government, so why don't I go ahead and take advantage of it. And so the system gets overrun, and what does that mean? That means you and I have to wait three months for a surgery that should take a week to to do, to perform. And so it actually leads not just to poor quality of health care, but it leads to less access to health care. That is what government-run pretty much anything does, is it degrades the quality. And Democrats accuse conservatives or Republicans of, of, of not liking women, uh, being sexist, when in reality it's Democrats that are often accused of sexual assault, rape, <clears throat> Bill Clinton. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say that. Um, Jeffrey Epstein. Um, the list goes on. So it's the Democrats. The trend here is that it's the many of these Democrat billionaires and leaders that that are responsible for that type of sick behavior. And you could carry this on to various other issues. Democrats accuse conservatives of being racist, xenophobes, bigots. When in reality, it's the Democrats that propose a system of government that means less prosperity and less opportunities for minorities. And so you get the point here. The Democrats accuse their enemies of the very things that they themselves are responsible for. And you can apply that across the board. And one example... One other example, and I've got a clip to play here, but Joe Biden's spokesperson went on Fox News with Brett Baer, and the host, Brett Baer, the anchor, was simply asking the Biden campaign spokesperson whether Joe Biden supported President Trump's China travel ban back in January when the coronavirus was just getting out there. Whether or not Biden supported it, that's all we wanted to know, all Brett Baer wanted to know on this interview. So let's listen to this duck and dodge on Fox News. 
Joe Biden has said he wouldn't have closed the travel from China. What specifically would the former vice president have done? Well, let's get a few things straight. Uh, the vice president was not against the travel ban, first of all. Second of all, let's, let's remember an he important, uh, Brett, let's remember an important distinction. Donald Trump was the president of the United States. It was on Donald I'm Trump. I'm asking you to if take, Joe Biden was, was the president Donald, of the United States. It was on States, Donald Trump he to was. take action to actually protect the and American he, people. He closed the Joe, travel to China. Joe Biden wrote an op-ed in USA Today in January warning that the threat was coming. Joe Biden said in February that Donald Trump should get people on the ground in China. What did what did Donald Trump do? Donald Trump was praising China. Donald Trump was praising President Xi's response, saying that they had it under control, when clearly he knew, as we now know from Bob Woodward, they did not have it under control. He should have been protecting okay. the American people. He should have been putting real plans in place so let me just to clarify. actually confront this incredibly let me dangerous understand. Threat. Let me just clarify. You're saying that Joe Biden was for closing down travel from China when the president did it? Uh, Joe Biden has been clear, and I can send you the fact checks if they're helpful, Brett. Joe Biden has been clear that he was not against that travel ban. But he was for it? Joe Biden has been clear about this, Brett. I, again, I can, send, I can send you the fact checks if they're helpful. This has been fact checked into oblivion. Okay, I'm just asking you the question. You're saying yes, he was for the China travel ban when the president implemented it, two, 48 hours after receiving that briefing. I, the important thing about the travel ban. Yes or no? Yes or no? And I know. Brett, I know that you all like to cite the travel ban. I know the no, president no, no. The president the does. Brand. That's why I'm bringing it up. On, it's, Brett, obviously, on, it's going to be in the debate. Brett, Brett, hold on. The important thing to know about the travel ban is that even after the president implemented that travel ban, tens or says that he implemented it, tens of thousands of people came right. in. Okay. And well, out there, of the I'm take it that you're not there's the Brett, uh, the Brett Bayer versus Joe Biden's ducking and dodging spokesperson, and you see there. He can't even answer a simple question. Why can't he answer it? Because he can't be honest. If he's honest, it's going to be embarrassing. Why? Because the Joe Biden campaign can't really make up their mind on anything. We like the travel ban. We don't like the travel ban. We think everyone should have to wear a mask. Well, we don't think everyone should have to wear a mask. We should shut down the economy again for no reason. But no, we, I think we shouldn't do that. The, the, the Biden campaign goes with whatever is convenient for the day, and then the next day they completely change their tune and their position. And what what's not being said here is that Joe Biden critiqued and criticized President Trump's China travel ban in late January. Joe Biden did. And I'm going to play a clip here. This is a clip of, of this is two actually two separate clips. It's a montage. I put it together. And it's Joe Biden criticizing President Trump's China travel ban. Let's listen. Banning all travel from Europe or any other part of the world may slow it, but as we've seen, it will not stop it. And travel restrictions based on favoritism and politics rather than risk will be counterproductive. A national emergency, you know, worldwide alerts. The American people need to have a president who they can trust what he says about it, that he is going to act rationally about it. In moments like this, this is where the credibility of a president is most needed, as he explains what we should and should not do. This is no time for Donald Trump's record of Hysteria, xenophobia, hysterical xenophobia. <laughs> well, there you have it. Two separate clips there.
But it, what is it? It's Joe Biden criticizing President Trump for his China travel ban. Joe Biden there says there's no need for President Trump's xenophobic hysteria or hysterical xenophobia. What, he, what is he saying there? Translation, we don't need the China travel ban is what that is. And then the clip I just played before that is Biden's spokesperson this week saying, well, Biden didn't oppose the travel ban. And then Brett Baer says, well, did he support it? Well, Brett, we just need to move on to another topic. (laughs) And then at the end there, which I cut it off, but lastly, the Biden spokesperson wants to transition to criticizing President Trump because why? Because he was letting some Americans back into the country after he implemented the China travel ban. So it's like, do you support it or do you not? Because you can't say that I oppose it, but then get mad when people get in from China after the travel ban. So you got to pick. And the Biden campaign just can't seem to make up their mind. But this is, I mean, this is Biden's record. This is his 47 years of doing nothing in Washington, D.C., except for swaying back and forth depending on what the popular opinion is for the day. And it's almost as if the Democrats want Trump to win. I mean, when you look at the situation that we're in, Biden is worse than Hillary Clinton. And so you look at that and you think, these aren't dumb people. The Democrats are not dumb. I mean, many of these people have shifted and maneuvered to positions of power in our country. And you don't do that by accident. And this same party and their elect and their 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 power brokers, they put Joe Biden on the ticket. They put Joe Biden as the Democrat nominee. Joe Biden's been in Washington D.C. for forty-seven years, and he hasn't done squat for our country. I can't name one substantive thing that Joe Biden has done for our country. And I saw a timeline the other day on Twitter, and it said, basically, it outlined all the 47 years Biden's been in Washington, D.C., and then it said 2021, Biden will will enact historic change on Washington, D.C. If the Democrat voters think Joe Biden's going to go to Washington, D.C. and shake things up, who are we kidding? You're better off electing Donald Trump to go shake things up, even if you don't like him. Because at least he's a man of action. Transitioning to a few other topics. Jay Johnson, and I'm just I'm just exposing these these people because if I don't, then who will? Jay Johnson, the former 
Department of Homeland Security Secretary under President Obama, he was questioned by Rick Scarborough on MSNBC, and the question was, you know, some people think that Donald Trump's the greatest threat to American national security, but Jay Johnson, other than President Trump, who do you think or what do you think is the greatest threat to national security? Let's listen to clip four. What do you consider on this September 11th to be the threat uh, that the United States needs to be uh, guarding against, uh, looking beyond Donald Trump, looking beyond this election, looking into 2021? Joe, I have to say the number one threat to our nation and to our world is global warming. And it's a threat, as we see in California right now, and it's a threat because we are failing to address it. Well, there you have it. The mighty Jay Johnson says the the greatest threat to American democracy is global warming. Look at all the wildfires on the West Coast. The country is burning. And the West Coast is literally burning. And that's not to be taken lightly. But what is laughable is to say that wildfires caused partially by Democrat policies, we'll talk about that in a minute, but to say that, that wildfires on the West Coast, which have been happening for years, is a, is the greatest national security threat facing America. Who really believes that? This is propaganda. This is Democrat propaganda aimed at more fear and hysteria and more government control of everything we try to do as Americans. Not only is global warming one of the biggest hoax pushed by Democrats, but it's what's going on in California is not global warming or climate change. What's going on in California, and I'm not in California, I don't know all the ins and outs of their forest management system, but I do know this, that the left-wing radicals, they have taken over the government in California to such an extent, and all the tree huggers, by the way, to such an extent that their forest management system in California is almost non-existent. And what I'm, what I'm talking about here when I say forest management, I'm talking about culling the underbrush and cutting fire lanes across the state in California, especially the high-risk areas. In large part, they're not doing that. Why? Because the left-wing tree huggers in California, the Democrats, the earth worshipers, They won't allow 
proper forest management to take place because we've got to save the trees. We've got to prevent global warming. We've got to save all the trees. We can't, we can't cut trees and replant them. We can't call out fire lanes. So what are we going to do? We're going to let our state burn. Now, is there, is there some politician that can prevent all wildfires? No. Wildfires oftentimes is just uncontrollable. But are there steps that the state of California could do to reduce the damage that these are causing? Absolutely. Absolutely. But Jay Johnson there, what does he do? He turns what some could argue is a Democrat-induced problem, wildfires, uncontrollable wildfires all across the West Coast. He's turning that into a global warming problem. And he's taken, taken aim at those bad old conservatives and Republicans who won't let us cut carbon emissions. You see there, what is, for all practical purposes, a Democrat problem just got flipped and oh, now it's a conservative problem. Don't pay attention to what the Democrats are doing. Just listen to how bad the Republicans are. Listen to how bad President Trump is. Global warming, global warming, Russia, Russia, Russia. Moving on uh, to something I wanted to touch on before we end the show is what these left-wing groups, these radical groups are doing, some of the same groups, I'm, some of the same people I'm talking about, what they're doing to plan for Election Day. I think it's fair to say that on election night, we're probably not going to know who the clear winner is. We could have a good idea. We could see that X candidate is up by this many votes in various states. But as far as a, as a hard, a clear winner, I don't think we're going to have that on election night. Why? Well, because the Democrats have been pushing mail-in voting, bulk mail-in voting, not just absentee voting. There's a difference. The Democrats have been pushing this bulk mail-in voting for months now, taking advantage of the COVID hysteria. And you're going to have mail-in ballots coming in days and possibly weeks after the election. Then there's going to be court cases. And do we count this ballot that came in 11 days and the deadline's 10 days after the election? So on and so forth. I want to play clip Three here. This is the Ohio Secretary of State talking about the process of counting ballots and how long after the election they can count ballots. Clip three, let's listen. Lastly, you have ballots that are postmarked by November 2nd can be counted up to 10 days later. Let's uh, assume that this, this election is razor thin. What happens then? 10 days to count these mail-in ballots. How do you proceed, sir? Last question. Sure. Yeah, that's long been the law here in the state of Ohio. We believe that as long as that ballot is legally cast. It deserves to be counted, whether it's one of my former teammates in the military voting from overseas or an Ohioan that just procrastinates. One of the things that we're doing is we're changing the way we do our election night reporting to make it very clear 
to journalists like yourself and everybody else exactly how many outstanding absentee ballots there are. So obviously, if the margins are tight, you'll be able to look at the number of outstanding ballots and then make your predictions. Ohioans know that the election night result is always that unofficial result. It's the official result weeks later that really counts. Well, there you have it. That's just a little backgrounder on at least how Ohio works. And every state's different, quite literally. Every state's pretty much different on how they handle elections. Some are the same, but elections are a state-run operation, so thus you have various state regulations across the country. And so what he was saying there, that's the Ohio Secretary of State, is that, you know, hypothetically up to 10 days after the election, poll workers could still be counting ballots, which means hypothetically it could be at least 10 days before we know the results. And then, of course, there's a hypothetical that it could be even longer than that if the results still aren't clear or there has to be a recount. But capitalizing on the situation our country is in, whether it be self-induced or not, these left-wing groups... Many of them, up to 50 of them, have been plotting and scheming to do what? Cause, quote, mass public unrest, end quote. And I kid you not. What likely used to be a scheme that happened in private meetings and smoke-filled rooms by Democrat operatives, things like the Russia hoax, and the global warming scam, those kinds of propaganda and schemes used to happen in private. Well, now they're just doing it in public. These groups, up to 50 of them, and I'll post this article at my podcast on my podcast page at AFR.net, but these groups admit, they say that if Joe Biden does not win in a landslide on election night, that they are committed to what? Weeks of public unrest and civil disobedience. They said their goal is to shut things down, to block things from happening like traffic, businesses from opening, just our daily lives. These groups are scheming, and they're not doing it privately. They're talking to the media about it. This is unbelievable. It's really not unbelievable, but who would have thought we would be here in 2020? But I just wanted to warn you that these groups are, they are going to cause in all likelihoods, they are going to cause trouble, lawlessness, theft, arson, unrest in the weeks following the election. Exposing Washington American Family Radio. Don't forget to download the AFR app. Check out my podcast page at AFR.net. Exposing Washington. I'll post many of these news articles we've talked about. And I'll see you next week.
The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.